Hey, everybody. This is the Drop the Beat podcast. My name is Charles Larita. And I'm Will Sarver. And we want to thank you guys so, so much as we do every single time we do this damn thing for not only listening to us beat off, but also watching us beat off. Because like we said, the visual, I think, is such an important thing. So I mean, you know. yeah, I think some would argue and say that the visual is is more important. Just hearing it. You know, I've heard, yeah, I've gotten visually, comments about visually that, yeah. stimulating. Yes. Oh, totally, totally. It's, it's, yeah, I, I, I like it. It's good. We can do this. I mean, you know, we're, we're visually doing this from a distance, but I am, I'm super hip to it. You know, I think it's great. Yeah. It's healthy. We're being healthy. I like that. I, I think it, I think it is very healthy. So William, how are you doing over there? I miss you uh, a lot. I, how have you been? I'm doing, I'm doing well and. I don't miss you, if we're going to be honest. Oh, of course. You know, I, that's, um, no, and, it was uh, that's it for that's, that's it for the fun. show. Thanks. Take care. Yeah, we'll off. see you guys later. Subscribe. Give us your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I miss you a ton. Um, I, I I I'm hoping we're getting closer and closer to uh, being able to play live soon. I think that's coming. I do. Yes, I was. I I eagerly await um, the vaccine. Now that they have the old uh, Johnson and Johnson one, which is the one one dose, no one side effects, no hospitalizations, dude, I am like so pumped for this. So I am, I'm excited. I, I I'm very 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 looking forward to this and just getting back going again. I miss playing. I miss the band. I miss the boys. You know, yeah. It's a it's a you. tough one, but um, important most most important right now. Enough about all that shit. Let's get down to the real thing. I I may have. Uh, done some sort of sacrilegious thing with our normal trend of tea and mugs um, because I have a Wawa coffee in a in a cup. Ooh, but Don't you know hate what? Me, please. I'm no. not actually be- only because it says Wawa on it because that's the best and there's no, okay. There's no argument. That's fine. I would say for for those of you guys listening at home. Um, if you're on the East Coast, you know what Wawa is. If, you, if you're not on the East Coast, I apologize, and I feel sorry for you, honestly. Um, <laughs> a lot of people say New Jersey's state bird is the goldfinch. It's wrong. Uh, that's completely wrong. It's this goose right here. This, that's this is right. state bird. The, the, it's the Canadian goose, and the uh, Canadian slang, as they call it, a Wawa. Fun fact for you right there. Tell your friends. Because of the, because of the noise that these geese make when they're in the parking lot trying to block your car from pulling out. <laughs> so, when they're not hissing you and chasing you with their damn children yes <laughs> so. oh man let's do uh let's do a nice sip with this guy do you have anything to drink william over I, there it, in the, I, the william cave i just have water i'm embarrassed about it and that's it's okay just, dude it's it's good for your body don't be embarrassed you know okay well I, i'll give it a good i'll give it a try let's let's see if we can get the let's same give it a big gross annoying slurp here we go let's okay take it, buddy let's take it Oh, you got a better uh, one than I did. I inhaled most of that. I said, how much of that made it into your lungs? Because that's what sounded most of that went to your lungs. 90%. 90%. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Good Lord. Good Lord. Well, I'm happy that we we get to do this damn thing even from a distance. Um, This is, what is this, our 23rd episode right now? Is that where we're at? Woo. I'm glad somebody's counting. It's getting up there. I think it is. I don't know. Just with all the royalty checks coming in, I can't even keep 
track anymore. Uh, we're just um, sitting home at home counting our money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm like Scrooge McDuck. I'm just doing like a big cannonball into it. Um, but before we get into our main question for this week or our main topic of interest, Will, what time is it right now? It's the big beat of the week. <laughs> All right, Will. So for the big beat of the week for this week, what you got for me? Because I'm loving this little segment that you're doing. I like that you're coming with some cool stuff to the old conversation podcast here. What you got? What's the big beat of the week for this well, week? I got a little something that's hot off the press. Probably as hot as that coffee you're drinking right there. This it is, is just, very hot. Yes. It, oh, okay. Good. Good. It's got to be. Um, this... <laughs> This is a super group that just kind of was just dropped recently. I, I think their first um, track came out on Friday. Um, the group is called mm. Silk Sonic. Silk Sonic. Oh, and, and it has in it. Uh, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Has two of I our mean, just lords to, and saviors in this group. Yeah, I mean, I mean, do you do you even know what their names are? I mean, they're they're small. They're smaller smaller names, I think. Little independent band. Uh, there's a gentleman. Uh, his name has a planet of some sort in it. I want to say it's Uranus, but I think I might be wrong. Uranus Holmes. So I'm gonna Is go with. It? I think it's Uranus. <laughs> 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 what the fuck is Uranus Holmes? I would say it's Bruno Mars. Oh, that's and him. I believe uh, uh, one Anderson Pack or Anderson Pock, if you're properly pronouncing both of the A's. True. But dude, yeah, it's, uh, you sent me, you you sent me this this John because it was, uh, see I'm drinking the Wawa coffee, and so I said John, I didn't even mean to. Um, <laughs> it was a week or two ago. You sent me an article about Bruno Mars's new band with Anderson Pack, and I was like, oh my god, because things like a super group, because literally everybody in that group plays just phenomenally. And then oh, they yeah. dropped a track, and you sent me that, and you were like, dude, like, that was, like, all caps. You are like, dude, listen. And I was like, holy shit. So what was what was your first take listening to that damn thing? Or the news that this super group was going to be happening? Because it's like, like, I mean, yeah. Funk is going to be making a massive comeback. I mean, honestly. I mean, the news alone, I just couldn't even wrap my head around it. Um, just, I don't, that, that collab kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, which I think is great, um, but you have two of like the best musicians out there in the game. Um, as as far as like all around talent, they, I mean, they both bring it all, um, and to see them kind of sync up is is wild to me. And and then just to top all things off, you know, towards the end of the article, they mentioned. Oh yeah, and by the way, Bootsy Collins is going to be part of the group as yes. well, and I'm just like, that is what could this got get me. any better? <laughs> any better? Oh my god, dude! And absolutely uh, just monstrous. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better group, and I just the song definitely exceeded my expectations. And um, if anybody hasn't checked it out, just please go listen to it. Um, I, you know, I would I mean, say, what, is there any doubt in the any doubt in the world that wasn't the smoothest looking room of guys? Like, good lord! Like the like the vibe in that room was incredible. 
Oh, absolutely. And I mean, the playing, you know, is is just as good as the looks. I mean, um, and, you know, you sent me a, a video about somebody actually breaking down the engineering and the mixing behind it. And it is it is so, so good. Um, and using some older mixing techniques that have been around a long time and to see that somebody's using it today and making it sound like a million bucks is, is sweet. I mean, what was your first reaction when you were listening to it? Well, I mean, the one thing I, you know, Anderson Pack is no slouch. That guy is like, he need, he needs more credit as just a player and a musician because the fact first off like that's what i paid a lot of attention to is his drumming so tight in the pocket and singing while playing drums and with some of those hits he's doing like a lot of syncopated stuff in that song was just like so impressive um but i mean everyone in that room was or in that recording it's good i know the room is a, a video but like so damn tight like like i could not believe just the tightness in that room it was incredible um it was a throwback song, and it was funny when we were watching that gentleman break down the recording process of it, where everything was in stereo except the drums were mono. And that's such an old-school Motown technique where it's kind of like, you know, drums are straight down the middle mono, and now you have all this space on the sides for everything else. So, like, when all the big group vocals came, the gang vocals came in, it was like, it popped, and it filled up the whole, like, space. It was It was awesome. Like, that was such a good just use of like it wasn't even a throwback it's just how to modernize the idea of that and i love it you know yeah it's and a nice it's blend fucking beautiful <laughs> yeah it's a nice blend of the old mixing with the, with the newer kind of orchestration and um i mean i mean you touched on it i mean anderson pack i mean it one as me being a drummer i don't know how guys sing over top of it but what he plays and sings together, nobody, nobody does. Nobody does that. It's like I mean, it's so counterpoint, you know. A hundred percent. I mean, he he is. Yeah. There's a lot of singing drummers that are very very good, but he, I mean, to me, he just takes the cake. I don't know how he's separating the two and making it sound so good. And he really lays back on the beat, which I think is even harder when you're trying to sing and play at the same time yeah uh, i just check the song out i, yeah, I, think, I think it's leave the door open yeah. i think it's the track the name of the track yes yep. yeah yep i was gonna say because when you think of drummers who sing you always think of like your phil collins and your don henley and that kind of thing yeah um and you know what they're playing is fairly straight not that they're obviously can't take away any talent for them for that kind of thing um but it's fairly straight what they're playing compared to kind of what he was doing which was just a whole nother animal and obviously we haven't even touched on bruno mars yet because it's kind of like he's <laughs> like the head of this super group and it's like and you and i talk about this all the time i think the one video of his i watch all the time was i forget what year it was maybe 2015 maybe 2014 his um his super bowl performance it's that so he did. good do you remember what year it was dude no, i watch that I was, all the time that I is still like do, the most yeah. phenomenal performance so so good he's just such a talent and i love it's at the point where he can now do whatever he wants and people will love him and that's cool and i i you know it's i respect him for working up to that point we're doing a lot of the pop stuff and all of the ghost writing and all that kind of thing and then him just being like we're doing this now and he's yep. like he's so in his element like he's made 
for that kind of stuff. Um, so I was so happy you sent that my way. I had no idea that was even going to be a thing. Um, like, holy, just holy shit. Like, I'm glad just, it is a know, thing. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so good, man. But I think that was the perfect big beat, big beat of, whoa, I can't even say it. Big beat your meat? Beat your yeah. meat? Big yeah. beat of the yeah. week. Right. That's what we're looking for. Big meat of the week. <laughs> that was big meat of the week. Well, that's, I think you're on the wrong podcast for that one. Oh, yeah. Um, but I was going to say, that was a great choice for this. Big, but Will, the, the real reason that we are here today is we have a topic and we have a question for this week. So it is question time. So our question for this week is kind of a compiling of a couple things that have been asked to us over time. Um, but in the modern era of music and entertainment, it is, I think, an incredibly important one. And to, to sum it up, it's, do you need a manager as a band or as an artist? Do you, in this modern day, do you need a manager? And I think that's a, just an insanely interesting kind of topic for us, for, for you and I being, you know, independent musicians and artists and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think we still are always trying to figure this question out, and I think we, yeah, it'll it'll always be a discussion for us. I think forever and ever and ever. Um, that's a really good question. Oh, totally. Uh, well, I was gonna say because you and I have have chased for the longest time. We we were kind of like trying to always get a management label or get on management contract or record label or anything like that and you and i have stopped doing that kind of thing we for the longest time we were we were chasing that and now we're kind of like you know what we've really changed our minds on it and i think one of the big big things in modern day is internet and what like promoters actually do and i think the thing that we realized was why would we be hiring these people who could essentially are just are, are or are just essentially doing what we could do on our own, and we've done it ourselves, you know. So from from working with, you know, the band and myself, what's kind of some stuff that you you pull from that? Because um, obviously the first thing that comes to mind for me is the fake email address. I'm going to give away all my secrets here, but the fake yeah, email don't address do it. That we had. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've been through. It's been a roller coaster ride with with the whole manager thing. To I say mean, the least, oh boy. Uh, yeah, it's probably putting it lightly. But, um, you know, I think it's maybe it's emotion based. I mean, I think at our when we felt so desperate, we were we thought that we needed yeah. a manager, that we needed people. We Oh, my God, we need help. We need help. Um, mm-hmm. and, but I think you can get in yourself into trouble. And I think we have in the past, um, but you know, it's it's one of those things where it sounds good, you know, where it looks good on paper. But I I think we've been just so disappointed so many times by people that said, "Yeah, oh, we're oh gonna boy. do this, we're gonna get you that, you're gonna open for so and so," and it's just it never happens and you end up splitting ways, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, if it's, yeah, it's tough. I, 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 like I said, I think we're always going to 
it's going to be a constant battle for us because there are some pros to to having a representative uh you know of the group um but like Definitely, i think yeah. even even at any level of where you're at as a musician you will deal with the same issue cuz i know people that are on a higher level be totally that have gotten totally screwed over by management people you know somebody who's like selling out shows you know for big money like still are owing managers a crap ton of money oh yeah oh yeah definitely yeah you know because these managers promise this oh i've worked with so and so and you know i that's how i i got them you know their big break and and then you get signed up with them and all of a sudden you know you're you owe them five hundred thousand dollars and you're like oof, great i'm I'm not making that money (laughs) yeah now that that reminds me of the story um, you had shown me. I believe it was Alan Stone. Was that the problem that he yep. had? That's kind of what I was. That was like literally his same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going off of, and it was a manager that I believe worked with Alicia Keys. Um, oh man! Yeah. And I think Alan Stone ended up owing the dude three hundred thousand um, dollars. That's bananas. The it's biggest a TED talk. bushel of bananas you could have. Yeah. Really yes, good. Yes, he TED did do a talk, TED talk. Right? It was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he talks about kind of similar, like how he thought that this was going to be it, and um, you know there was really high expectations for this individual, and look where it got him. You know, nowhere, bankrupt. Um, Such a shame. Yeah, and it, but Alan Stone's doing really, really well, and good for him. You know, but he kind of was you know, branched off and did his own thing and made it work. So that kind of brings us to us. Um, I think that's kind of where we're at in this stage in the game. But I mean, you know, what about for, as for you, I mean, you know, this is your pride and joy. This is your baby. Uh, you know, how is it trying to yeah. kind of have somebody else kind of take the reins a little bit, you know, it's gotta be difficult. I would never say, yeah, I was going to say, I would never say it's someone entirely taking the reins. It's more so, this is my row of horses, and you're putting a couple of your own horses into my, you know, to pull my carriage, I guess you could say. Um, because, yeah, I never want to ever hand the reins over, because the thing I hated with any of the, the managers that we've worked with, it's they are never a thousand percent completely on board or sure with what we're trying to do or accomplish, and that's the hardest part. Um, that's and, and it's a shame because there's a lot of venues and a lot of places and opportunities who want artist representation. They don't want to talk to the artist. And um, yeah, that was I, I think the <clears throat> the best one of my favorite things I've done. And this is a little tip for all you artists out there trying to get better gigs. Um, I had, you know, every time I'd be reaching out with emails to these venues or opportunities for gigs or whatever, they would either not respond to me. Or they dick us around if we had like an asking fee for you know art for for playing or whatever, or they would just never take it seriously. I made through my site, my my website, because I got X amount of emails I could make. I made an email where it was just bookings at charlesreed.com, and it was a completely different name. It was our manager. Um, she went he or she went through a couple different names through the years. Right now she's uh, Jennifer Carr. Sounds like a cute British girl. Um, and Jennifer's gotten us some, some good gigs, man. We, I remember you and I went down to, 
uh, location can't be disclosed, but we went down to a place near. Oh Germany, yeah. And Jen- Jennifer got us this gig. I will say that the gentleman who we had talked to, who ended up screwing us over in the end, his name was Chris Brown. So we should have kind of seen that coming. Um, yes. That yeah. was that was pretty pretty funny because it's like wow with a name like that. Um, womp womp. But he was asking. He was like, "Oh, it's because I think at the time." The uh, the email the name was Jerry. The guy's name was Jerry. It was Jerry. Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. And he was like, "Oh, is uh, Jerry gonna be at the gig?" And I was like, "Who the fuck is Jerry?" And I was like, "Oh no, oh." And I was like, "Oh, he lives in Delaware. Nah, he's not gonna be there though." I'll tell him he said hi. <laughs> like I had to like make up this thing because it was this fake e- email. It was a fake person, and I even changed like my writing style like to. To match like to what I was what I was doing. I mean, I had gotten a couple great things from that, and it sucks. I have to play this stupid game, but I've I've done it, and it's gotten us some decently good opportunities, which is which is great. Um, so right there, kind of tells you it's you don't need any sort of of management in that regard. You can literally do it yourself. It's the whole idea where it's like, you know, business cards make you professional. It's it's that whole kind of thing. I have a you know yeah a a buddy of mine uh, a buddy of mine did attorney work, and um, he was saying one of his friends he knew did attorney work, and he would go to like these job fairs and not even have anything any office set up, but he made business cards for himself and he would hand out business cards, <laughs> and people would think it was professional, and he got all this these clients to do work for, it. and it's like it's one of those kind of things. It's all it's the image. not even you know, and it sucks again. It sucks as an artist you have to do things like that, but at the same time, it is easy enough to uh, to kind of be able to, to do that because, I mean, you have so many, you know, s- just sleazy people out there wanting to take advantage of you for one reason or another. Um, like our buddy Bob Man from the Bob Culture Podcast, who has graced this show with us, um, he said one of the, the worst, the foulest words in the world is promoter because i mean those kinds of people really really do there are some good ones here and there but they can really take advantage of you which is a shame oh, yeah. for doing work that you know you could essentially do we've we've had our problems with that we had the one it was the story that i told about where um my father lifted the guy up off the ground by a shirt collar because that guy was a promoter and he didn't treat us very well Yo, and, yeah uh, and, jokes and, on and, him because he's <laughs> probably dead now <laughs> yeah I mean, isn't it just oh, sad God. that people, you know, don't take you seriously un- un- unless you, you have somebody that's... Horribly sad, yeah. Yeah, that's pretending to be a manager, like, that we have to play this this game. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of you yeah, reaching it's, out it's as, ridiculous. The, as the lead guy in the group saying, hey, you know, we'd love to play here, blah, 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 nothing. Send a f- fake email with a fake manager. Oh, yeah, are you guys available? Yeah. It's like... Come on. Yeah, it's it's so bad. Because that's like whenever I've done like asking prices or things and they'll be like, oh, yeah, you're not going to get paid. You're going to get exposure or our favorite word. Um, <laughs> but I would go reach back out with, you know, Jennifer. Jennifer would go reach out, you know, and um, had no problem getting our, our asking price, which mm. was great. So it's kind of like, wow, it's what a horrible thing I have to do and be shady and shitty in that regard but at the same time it's like it's the only way we get in Gotta and it's play horrible the game, it's like baby. yep 
it's never skill anymore. It is never about skill. It's about money. It's about who you who you know, who you're, how many people you're going to bring out. It's like this whole other vicious cycle of of bullshit. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely awful. But um, a fun story. When I say fun story, I mean a horrible time uh, uh, period in my life was right when you started when you right when you joined the band with us um, when we were on a management label or so we thought which is just crazy to think about now because like you had been in the band for two weeks three weeks yeah i'd say because it was a result of someone listening yeah it was a result of someone listening to our radio show that we were on and we got offered a management contract and we were like holy shit this is it like he talked a big game this dude um Obviously, we can't. Re- I mean, I could name names. I could smear everything all over the walls, but I'm not necessarily going to because I don't want to give the man any more uh, credit than he deserves because he deserves none. Um, but he was a child star from the '70s. Most of people listening, your parents would probably a thousand percent know who he is. Um, and he reached out, and he had a boutique management label, and he owned a bunch of bars and restaurants in uh, Manhattan. And myself, my parents, and my sax guy, uh, Mr. Chandler Scales, we went to have lunch and meet with him, and we had people look over the contract. We had, you know, attorneys involved and everything, and notarized, and it seemed great, and it was good. And then we come to find out um, he had no team at all. Everyone had left him, and we signed under these false pretenses. And he stopped caring about us. He was basically like, you know, in the beginning, he, you want to talk about someone beating their meat good lord that's all he did he stroked us off like incredibly um and he promised nothing he you know we got no gigs from this man we got no opportunities he essentially took on another younger person that he could mold in the studio molded to be just generic him. classic yeah molded by the doctors um just to be generic classic rock bullshit kid and he was just being a 14 year old kid being puppeted by these older guys and it was it was sad um because we already had our sound we have our albums we have our recordings and he was like well you guys are too old now you don't have the look and it was it was completely a counterpoint to what he said originally which was such a shame um yeah, but he, man that was like one of the worst experiences of my life we were in that contract i think for over a year it was supposed to be a three-year contract and we got out of it um yeah he literally provided from, yeah. nothing zero like he gave us yeah. zero yeah, I remember when he was saying he was going to... The one thing he was planning to do is to pitch us to some record labels. And I was like, what do you got so far? It's been two months. And he was like, oh, I got this. I'm going to send it. And it was like two links that he had in a Facebook message. He was nice send press to kit. People. And I was like, are you shitting me? Like, I made a press kit for this guy, and he didn't use it. Um, It was terrible. And he, you know, I would always call him, and I'd be like, this is what you're doing wrong what he didn't understand in the matter it's when you have a manager he, the manager's not the boss it's i am the boss you work for me that's how this works and he could not understand that kind of a thing and i had to put my foot down and you know in a nice way reprimand him you know i didn't get verbally uh, intense but i had to tell him like it was i was like you're not doing anything and he was like well you can leave this um this contract anytime you want and i was like no i can't have you ever read your contract because you don't have an exit clause in this um so he had to actually talk to our attorney he had to talk to my attorney and we were able to dissolve the thing and it was one of the worst experiences my entire life 
um, because then at the end he was basically just like, yeah, it never would have worked. It's a, you're a hard sell. There's no market, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, then yeah, why bring the us opposite to what you had told us a year ago? Yeah. Then why go through all this? So now they've heard it from my end over here and of this person speaking, you know, bullshit in my ear and me loving it. But we've never really heard from your point of view because now it's, you had just joined the band, so to speak. Like, what was going through your head when all this, when you initially heard about it? Like, when, when it was like, holy God, we have this former child star who's this, has all these connections, you know. You barely even knew my last name you were in the band. Like, that's how early it was. That, yeah, it was very, very <laughs> early. And I was, honestly, I that was like a high point in my life was that point in time because I thought that this was it. You know, I thought it would, this is, this is going to, this is what I've dreamed about from as a kid that this is going to be the beginning of, you know, us taking off and, you know, having a great yeah. career in music and living off of it. You know, it's, and I'm like, you know, oh, the, you know, we played this radio show and this guy heard it and, you know, he offered us a contract. I'm like, I mean, this is this is it. I'm gonna quit my job tomorrow. Yeah, you man, know, I, I was, was ready. <laughs> I I mean, I was telling everybody like we're so excited. We had that huge party too. Remember we we did. I must have blocked that out of my memory. Yes, we had the live radio show event. We had um like a local indie station with a big reach do a radio show for us, and it was emceed and everything and. We also played and we had a panel and everyone asked us questions and we were announcing like the new album and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're talking to, to announce we're on this management label. It's a big deal. And um, people to this day still ask about that label. I'm like, oh, you guys doing anything? It's like, no, that guy's dead to me. You know? Yeah, he called um, in and was like, you know, praising us and telling, you know, everybody like yeah. friends and family all came. And like now I look back and I'm like, that that's embarrassing. Like. I forgot that even happened. Wow. Like, I forgot that he called in and all that stuff. Yeah. I remember we also had that other, we also had that really big live event we did in that big banquet hall room that we did because he wanted us to film us playing live. And it was literally like that week we saw him, he's like, yeah, I have a video of you guys film playing live and edit it and give it to me. We're going to, sh sh you know, shop it around. And I think it was like three weeks later, we got this big event, like 250 people plus at the uh, the big bank oh, hall yeah. in cedar gardens and we we did that and like that was an amazing night that was an amazing gig that we had an opening band for us and, and then we played and we had we filmed it i busted my fucking balls to edit this thing we had sound i compiled from all different boards and all different things and it was just like and it led to nothing and that was horrible he i think the only thing he ever did for us was we had a music video come out at the time and he shared it on his wall on facebook and that was it um, yeah, and you know what? It did really well when he shared it on his on his page because he's got a ton it, of a huge following. And I'm like, this is what you're yeah. supposed to be doing like every day is is promoting yeah. promoting us, and you have a great reach on Facebook. And he only shared our stuff one time. I had to ask him. He didn't even do that on his own. I had to ask him. And I think the best part about that, the most redeeming thing that I got from him was the gentleman who was the voice um, of Michelangelo, the Ninja Turtle, 
from the live action movie in the 80s he liked or 80s or 90s I forget when the, the first film came out he commented on the video and thought it was awesome and that was like that was the that highlight was of, of that <laughs> that was the best thing I got Michelangelo approved that was the best thing I got <laughs> from from any of that and other than that it's like the dude was just the spoke wonders and shat blunders like that's what it was like it was what a, what a fucking horrible experience it, and I just yeah. have always spoken now about like I don't want anyone to go through this because it was terrible it was I was like however old I was like my hair turning white prematurely and it was just it was terrible I mean yeah and it's like you know how do you tell somebody to like be mindful or watch out for stuff like this because we thought like his background and his name was good enough that like oh this is probably legit but like as we started digging yeah. deeper and deeper searching the web and finding out like he's the only one there's nobody else everybody jump ship yeah i mean that's taught me to be just so apprehensive and i just literally trust no one because it's you never know and that's the worst part for any artist in the field looking for management you really truly never know what a lot of these people are are doing or are capable of or actually can if they can even help you because that's like managers would approach us all the time they'd be like oh we want to be your booking guy we can get you in this place we can get you that place we can get you i'm like well i have contacts with these places so i don't really need you and i'm not going to pay you to do that or i do it myself like yeah. i don't need to have someone drag their feet because we've worked with management in recent years who've you know gotten us gigs in some fairly seedy places and you know it's not like the best thing in the world um or we've had managers who try to work with us who think they're essentially God's gift to the earth, so to speak, whichever God you'd like to choose from. And um, now they're saying things on our behalf and giving us a bad name. Um, oh, like the one manager the infamous... that was like a, an exterminator <laughs> on the side? Yeah, the infamous cockroach incident <laughs> of 2019. That was my absolute favorite. Oh, uh, um, that's a classic. Yeah, I so there actually that she kind of helped us because that built a nice bridge between myself and this this venue. Whenever we can we can play it in the future, but it was she uh, contacted the one place and or she went there and she wanted to to speak to the guy and he didn't want to talk to her and you know she kept kind of pestering and pestering and she said, look, if you don't talk to me and book this band i'm going to tell everyone that you have cockroaches in this establishment and you're gonna <laughs> get shut down and never have business again and i remember her telling me this on the phone so proud and i was like holy shit are you fucking kidding me and i would just tell her to her i was like why would you say that that she's like oh that'll teach him and i was like did we get a gig from it and she was like well no they said no and i'm like oh my fucking what God. a surprise so i had Dude, I just feel my heart rate like rising as I'm telling this <laughs> stupid story. PTSD. I called the place. I called the place and um you know, infamously this place has people who work there aren't like the most people friendly people there. Um but the one woman there, I she answered and I told her what happened. I was like, "Look, I want to apologize. I am so so sorry. I'm not working with this, you know, manager anymore. Like that is terrible. She did this." Um, it was it was fucking awful and the lady was like really really cool about it where she was like oh it's okay it's so nice that you called 
um, to apologize. That's terrible to shoot. I'm like, yeah, it was the most unprofessional thing like you could have done. Yeah. Like I was waiting for her to be like, oh, I'll hold my breath or like I'm going to take a shit on your floor if you don't give me a gig. <laughs> like what? Well, I don't want that. That is terrible. That'll get us the gig. And that was – yeah, that was that was like my last straw. I was like, I don't want to do any management, any promotion stuff, unless you can guarantee me you can just get me gigs and not like tell a place you're gonna light it on fire if they don't book us. Like, I oh my god, dude. I just couldn't believe a grown adult, twice our age, said that. I mean, no, just... I I remember us, I remember us having band practice and telling everyone and Chandler, uh, being next to us and being like, so did she get the gig? And I was like, no, she didn't. He goes, then what was the fucking point of all that? <laughs> I was like, exactly. <laughs> to prove a point. Exactly. They're... Oh, my God, dude. That, that like, And it's like, I don't want that now representing my name. And that's another big part of it. It's like, this is our name. We can't have that, you know, thrown in the mud. Because now people are going to think we had her up to this. And that's why I had, I had to clear our name. I had to be like, look, we had no part in this. I had no idea she was going to do this. I am so sorry. Like... I will come in and do wash dishes. Like, I don't know. Like, I felt so bad. It's a great point. I mean, it, it's they are a representation of, you know, the band, the group. Um, you know, a thousand percent. Yeah. And it's important that they, they act professional. At least we try to be professional, uh, you know, when we're doing our thing, you know. Um, we, we would yeah, expect yeah. the same um, for somebody on that level and especially they're the ones you know doing a lot of the communication the, the face-to-face work um, yes yes and you know to to throw something out like that it's just like oh i wonder if this band you know this is probably what they do to get all their gigs you know and it's like and, and <laughs> yeah we all know that the gossip in the music industry is crazy um and oh it's relentless yeah man. word travels fast so um you know, and that's <laughs> the stories are literally endless with with stuff like this. I mean, we're just scratching the surface, but now I'm, well, that's why I love the cockroach story because we literally bring that up all the time. We're like, oh, just tell me of cockroaches. <laughs> like yeah, we say that all the time as a joke. It solves you know? all life's problems. Mm, now, God. I mean, is there so, any good that comes out of having a manager, you know, for a band? That's that's a tough um, that's a tough one to answer. Well, I mean, if the workload gets bigger, and you know, because me, my entire life thinking a manager was going to be like the the manager in the Spice Girls movie, where he's super cool and booking him stuff and having him do things and needs. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love yeah. that. The big double decker bus and platform shoes. Yeah, I'd be a thousand percent into that. But it modern day, it's not like it once was, um, which is a shame. Where it's a lot of people want higher pay and they want to do less work. And I think that's not shitting on any managers, but I personally haven't seen too much of a positive influence or positive example of any of that thing. I mean, yeah, a manager would be great. If you have a big workload and you need people to book you gigs and things like that, yeah, that's important. But I think there's always a way that you can do it yourself. And I think, you know, we've been right now just kind of having a, a little shit fest on like why, you know, our experiences but i think one perfect example of not needing a manager a record label any of that is the band wolfpack who Mm. pretty much had their youtube fame and skyrocketed um you turned me on to those guys and i think they're all fabulous fabulous players um 
you know, like your, you know, your Corey Wongs and your Joe Darts and all those guys. And, you know, I, I, I think that they're monstrous players, but they're a super unique story because they don't have a manager. They don't have a record label. Um, and they played Madison Square Garden and packed it. Sold out show at Madison Square Garden. So their whole thing was, yeah, they, and they really, they kind of came to fame because they knew Spotify was terrible and, they they were able to kind of slap one back at Spotify where they had the Sleepify album, which was great, where it was like <laughs> twenty tracks of just like silence and they're like, play it while you sleep, put it on loop, and they made like what hundred and fifty thousand dollars in streams. They um, made a lot of money, yeah. Yeah, and Spotify had to like change their user agreements where it's like you have to have music in your thing and whatever. And they use that money, I think, for recording equipment and a, a US tour and they like they did a great job with that. I loved it. They played Robin Hood, and I think that's so important because it's like, yeah, people are getting so screwed over like that. Um, but it's incredible because they only used you know, their marketing on Instagram and YouTube for advertising for Madison Square Garden. They got there with no management or record label. Um, they, their ticket prices were between 40 and $60. Yeah. They sold the whole place out. That's, that's phenomenal. They don't have any representation. They do it themselves, and I think that's beautiful. I think that is a testament to just hard work and, and artistry. Um, I mean, they even brought their I own f- stage props, which is hilarious. That was the best That was the best part because they're from uh, Ann Arbor. They're in Michigan, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh-huh. And they, them, yeah. they shipped they're, – they're like, what do we do on a giant stage in Madison Square Garden? And they shipped their, like, the their basement. couches and their rugs. The basement. It's all the basement stuff, and I love that. I thought that was amazing. Um, and good – good for them like that's that's just just incredible um to to be able to to just finesse that i love that like they did such a good job and they have such a good fan base and they paid nothing for marketing it was all just on the internet you know oh yeah and they it's it's like this incredible underdog story and now they're they're huge they're they're a big band you know it's just like anyone that 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 inspired me so much you know it's truly the best example you know, I mean, to to be able to pull something <laughs> off like that is incredible. Yeah. And, you know, they're a really good example of they understand kind of how how the system works now. And, you know, they, oh, yeah. they found yeah. ways to get around it um, and do it really well. And even a lot of the guys in that band um, are kind of branching off doing their solo things and um, are, are still you know they're kind of doing it you know solo you know and uh yeah you know Corey wong is a great a great person to follow and he really is one that he never charges like for his stuff on youtube and plenty of free music and free advice of how to you know he's he's fabulous he, I love yeah him i mean so much. he's just all those guys are just seem like really great dudes um and yeah they that that is a great example of just putting in a little bit of you know hard work um and you know being creative and still being true to yourself and you know (laughs) you sell out a show at madison square garden i just it's i still chuckle every time i think about that i mean dude it's just it was so inspirational where i was like and that was kind of when that happened i was like we don't need any of this extraneous noise yeah. we can just do this ourselves it, you know it might take a little bit of work but all good things do take a little bit of work and that's not a bad thing you know it, it honestly it was like pretty emotional when that th- when that show happened that 
that week. I think it was yeah. two days. I was like, man, these guys literally started in the basement of somebody's mom's house, you know, yeah. and was able, they were able to pull all this off by themselves. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I still, still to this day is one of my favorite, I think moments, you know, it's a huge moment actually in, in music in general, man. Um, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know what they got going on now, but I mean, you know, you know, they've, they've done it. They've, they're just, they, they made their place in, in music history. And I think that's very important. Um, one of my favorite guys in that group is Theo Katzman. I think that dude is just a monstrous musician. Super um, underrated. It's great because, um, obviously Corey Wong is a monster too. It's great because they all play everything, which I think is so cool. I hate it. Um, <laughs> Makes me feel terrible. I know. It's just, they're, they're incredible, but that is the most beautiful example of just hard work and perseverance and I wish I would take my own advice better because I do get frustrated but it um there's always going to be some kind of silver lining with with the little things you can do. I mean, you know, to wrap this guy up, you know, you have your you, you take the good, you take the bad, you know, facts of life. That's what you got. But it is a uh, it is difficult sometimes. So obviously this is just our you know kind of realizations of, of what we've gone through and what's happened and sometimes it's not always great sometimes you have some redeeming qualities but you know you you as an artist need to on your own really see what works best for you maybe you would like someone to represent you in management for us we're kind of really doing our own things we have more control over it. and that's a big thing is control um you know william how would you like to eloquently wrap this up as you always do yeah i mean it it's I don't I think it, it it could go either way. Um you know, I I think you said it perfectly as it's you know, it's kind of you got to do what's best for you. Um you know, with the management side, it it may you may be at a point in your career where, you know, something like that makes sense. And if you find somebody that you trust yeah and has a good, you know, repertoire, um you know, go that avenue, but for those that are struggling, you know, it's look at people like we mentioned before like with Wolfpack and you know all they did was work hard and persevered and they were able to do it as well so you know I think the important thing is is you got to still kind of stay true and and be you at the end of the day um, whether that yes. means yes. get representation or don't I mean because either way you can lose yourself and where you're where you're at in your music career and it's it's important to stay focused on you and sounding like you and most importantly um but yeah i mean you, you got to do what feels right yeah i was gonna say ladies and gentlemen you heard it here first mr will Sarver, with the best advice you've probably ever gotten out of this show be true to yourself do you i think that is so so goddamn perfect do you and do you better than everyone else and I think that can either be wonderful advice or a horribly dirty innuendo. I don't really know. I like both. But thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I like both too. Thank you guys at home so much for watching and listening to the Drop the Beat podcast for this week. Um, if you would like to support us on Patreon, you can go to charlesreader.com and you can become one of our patrons. You get your name at the end of any of the videos that we do as a little thank you to you guys. We also have all a bunch of merch up right now, too. So if you want to check out and get a cool Drop the Beat shirt or a nice mischief shirt, rep the Rat Cave a little bit in your hometown, yeah, yeah. wherever you, you may gather in your village. Yeah, yeah, baby. Um, but as we like to say at the end of this damn thing, 
My name is Charles Larita. And my name is Will Sarver. And we want to thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace. See ya. We'll be right back.